A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio, and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed plus lots of bonus content including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A so do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so maybe even strangers in the street love you You're back with the big interview with Nader Manua. It's part two. During this, we finally get to talking about punditry, analysis, football broadcasting. A trade that we now share since Janetta moved from the pitch to the studio. I think he's doing well. I think he brings a different perspective. I like the fact that he's argumentative about the points of view that other pundits put across. And when the presenter hands to him a patsy question, it's often the case that Anua will, will stop and, and break it down and, and really get to grips with the idea that's been put forward. I like that. I wish there was much more of that. Janetta Anua, for my taste, makes me think, makes me stop and listen when he's talking on television or radio, and that's to be, that's to be welcomed. This is a reflective and intelligent man when it comes to breaking down what he tries to do. And some of the ways in which we both agree, football fans get shortchanged by some of his fellow pros who turn up and just let their belly rumble. Janetta has just published his autobiography. It's called Kicking Back. We analyse why it's called Kicking Back and why that theme is held across to his excellent interview podcast. If you haven't heard it, then, then try and find it. It's worth it. Janetta's um, autobiography is out right now. I read it in preparation for this interview and I can wholeheartedly recommend it to you, dear listener, to buy and to read or to gift. You're with Janetta Manua on the big interview, part two. Enjoy and, and listen. Do me a little summer favour. If you've tuned in this season and you've enjoyed it, if you found anecdotes interesting, if you found guests interesting, tell people, please. Spread the word. Um, share with friends. Share with family. Stop people in the street and, and, and share with them because you know deep down in your soul it'll make you feel good. <laughs> 
which makes me think of Ray Parker Jr. and Ghostbusters. But that's the way my silly mind works. Thank you all for being with the big interview. This is Shanita Manoa. When I was playing, a big frustration I had was that some of the people who would be leading pundits, it's almost like they forgot what it was like to be a player. And that's what troubles me the most, because I understand there's a show, there's a performance that they're giving and they're trying to make the game better, but have a sense of perspective. Like, if a team isn't going to press, but they need to win a game, the person that's in the commentary box shouldn't be saying it's the disgrace that they're not pressing because that's them projecting their own perception of the game. Yeah. But those players who are on the field are doing the job that they've been asked to do yeah, by tactically, the manager. Strategically. Yeah. And every coach like that's a good coach will get his team to play how they want them to play. But sometimes the tactics don't work. But there are, there are a lot of people you're desc- well, there are a lot of people in the category you're describing who are ex footballers of one degree or another. Yeah. They don't have a clue. Oh. And they're there because they're a name yeah. or the, the television yeah. radio channel know their agent or yeah. this will help our profile. And they're sitting there and, and I am not being critical of them and being critical of the people who hire them but they don't understand and they, therefore they, you, you, it's difficult to explain properly the strategy yeah. if you don't understand it yeah it's, it's, it's true it's true but having been in some of these conversations now not, not everyone will, will agree with me here if that player is in that show he's the most experienced person he's the most qualified person to talk about football so everything that he will say will be perceived as correct until somebody until somebody tries to put him right who's also done something similar. But they tend not to get people like that. You've got specialists on one thing or the other. And even, so 2012, I, uh, we stayed up with QPR on the last day, finished 17th. And I remember after the game, in our dressing room, we were having beers, we were relieved, we were celebrating, the City's one, it was champagne. Up until that point, I always used to get frustrated as to why I see people celebrate staying up on the last day and finishing 17th. Mm-hmm. Because I was being fed the stuff that you shouldn't be allowed to celebrate at that. And then I was in it, and I realised it's not about finishing 17th, it's about staying in the league. Mm-hmm. For some of those players, that's the highest they ever finished in the football pyramid. You stay in the league, and 20 people keep their jobs. You stay in the league, and everybody gets to keep their salaries. You stay in the league, and you can plan for the next year. You don't have to move house, you don't have to downgrade this, you don't have to take your kids out of school. But those points were never being made, because a lot of the people who give their opinions have only ever finished first, second, or third, and a bad spell for them is not winning four games in a month but they have the platform, they have the microphone, and they're going to lean into that bias that they Mm. have. And it frustrates me because they don't have that sense of perspective, but they do have the platform and nobody to push back. So what you hear is what you expect everything to be. It's really nicely and articulately put, and and, it's a better way to frame the frustration I feel when... I, I do think we live in an era where most people, if they if they bother, if they love the sport, most people have changed their perception, yeah. their analysis, mm-hmm. their, their vocabulary, their terms of reference. Still, people will, will have a, a, a phrase or a word or a concept and misapply it. As I'm talking about the, yeah. the educated public. Yeah. But having lived through such a long time listening to Guff and knowing that the person saying it probably is out with their parameters or their comfort zone, yeah. but they're earning a buck, they, they like being in the public eye again. I always blame the, the broadcasters for yeah. not having more intelligence about what do we want here? Do, do, we, do we want to, to add to the product, make it more interesting, make it more articulate, make people understand more? Most of the answer is that people haven't thought like that at all. But gradually we are. Yeah, and just to make one more point on that, 
I think everybody has some sort of bias to some extent, whether it's a particular team or a player and stuff that you do like. But I feel like the role which I'm in and other people are in, just watch a game and then talk about the game for what it is, yeah. not what you wanted to see or what you hope to see. I accept that. I, I, I hear you know what I mean? bad moments in my season when I'm tired. I'm like, I w- you, you can let out a bit of frustration. Yeah. Like, this is what should have been happening. This is what I expected to and see. Yeah, you have to be careful. Even like the, with City going out of the Champions League, that, like, that's, that's the running narrative about City and Pep failing and the like. Mm. But I was fielding questions about, did he get the substitutions wrong? And you know, I support City, but I looked at the game and I thought, Kevin De Bruyne wasn't playing well. Mm-hmm. This other player wasn't playing well. I think if you're on the sideline and players aren't playing well, you're not going to keep them on. He's not sacrosanct. Exactly. He, he's made that De Bruyne substitution a few times this season, saying about 70 yeah. in terms of delivery. You're, today, at least, he's, he's had chance. you're at peak delivery. He's, he's had chance to be able to be better in the game, but it didn't happen. So they want to be critical of substitutions. But then for the City goal... Zinchenko plays a good ball to Gundogan. Gundogan plays the ball to Bernardo Silva, and then there's a goal scored. And then in real time, as you can, as you know yourself from being into La Liga, Cruz, Modric, Casemiro are off the field for Real Madrid. Yeah. From an English audience who don't really watch a lot of La Liga, that's mind blowing to them because the plays they know for Real Madrid are Cruz, Modric, Casemiro, and Benzema. Yeah. So if all those four players come off, like imagine, and like they were doing whatever they were doing. Like, why are we talking about City subs but not mentioning the fact that Real Madrid's complete dynamic changed mm-hmm. by taking off three of them or four of the most significant well, players in the history? Two, two things that occurred to me was, like, when you were talking about Silva, you were talking about the first leg. Yeah. And when Cruz takes Sinchenko in half, I'm sure it's Sinchenko, and the referee doesn't blow. Mm. And three Madrid players stop. Yeah. Uh, which is Cruz. And he actually turns out I've committed a foul. Courtois goes, okay, get ready for the. Yeah. Um, Militao and Caravaggio freeze, and, and City are still on the go. Mm. They're on the go, and, and suddenly Silva's scored an absolutely super alert. That's nothing to do, I don't think, with age. That's to do with cultural conditioning. Which in Spain, if you make a tackle like that, it's, there's no advantage. It's automatically a foul. And City's boys are on it. Like, yeah. And in the, set, in the second game where you, you talked about subs, if you look, Camavinga is 19, only just 19, and he's inexperienced, his trajectory during the season, but his run yeah. to receive the ball from, he goes cross-field without City's players realising it so that Courtois can lay it out, and then he makes, he takes it and turns and makes a real right pass, right passage run down there, and suddenly City are in yeah, strategic tatters, and, and it's just... It's, it wasn't a substitution. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's, how do you cope with stress? Yeah. How do you cope with it having taken a, a blow to the chin? How do you react? Yeah, like being somebody who supports City, because they lost, like there's no argument you can put forward which doesn't appear, like you're just on the back foot straight away because all the people who don't I'm like not here, them, analytically, it's valid. Yeah, analytically, analytically I'm, try, I'm trying to say what I saw, yeah. but it sounds like I'm an apologist, but I'm just trying to say what I saw because that's what I say every time I watch a game. Like I'm watching both teams and I'm seeing the flow of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, say, from here, they lose the game, and for some reason, now it's the time for the City inquest, because they're not going to talk about the fact that Camavinga for Kroos or whatever it was, that ended up being a great substitution. Yeah. But I can tell you, most people over here who watch Real Madrid, who don't watch Real Madrid, would never have said that's a great substitution. But it ends up being a great substitution. So if you can apply that logic to that, then the City sub didn't make things worse for City. Things weren't going great for them. But you, you've talked about chosen narratives, and this is the one that, because neither am I being def- defensible about Pep, but he has said throughout his career, 
and more especially here as the inquest comes every year. Yeah. You said football and Champions League, in particular Champions League, is about minimal details, yes, a little exactly. sliver of luck for us against the And he talked about the crouch handball and the Tottenham one where, you know, they missed the penalty in the first leg. Yeah. Your old pal that we're coming to in a minute. Yeah. Um, I think it's Kuna misses the penalty, I think. Um, down, sure. at, down at Spurs, I'm pretty sure it is. Crouchy, there is a handball. The rule gets changed after that yeah, tournament yeah. to say, well, it can't be... Blah, blah, blah. When they go through against Paris Saint-Germain, when they get to the final um, against Chelsea, there's a free kick that gets taken that bounces off the Paris Saint-Germain wall and goes, I think it's De Bruyne's kick. And there's a difference. It goes for, it goes against. Yeah. And however you want to classify the strategies or the energy levels or the substitutions, the fact that Mondi gets back and yeah. Phil Foden doesn't take a half step half-step yeah. forward so that he's in the way of the ball before Mondi gets it or doesn't take a half-step forward so Mondi's clear doesn't put something... Courtois stud. Mm. The, 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 the second Grealish one comes off Courtois stud. Yeah. How is that going to be? It's, it's margins. Ball? Like football is margins. I've lived it. It's margins. And some of these games and the way we talk about the things, especially in the Champions League, like it's it's got such a bias towards say um, potential dislike for a particular team and the like that you disregard the opposition. You're in the Champions League knockout stages. Teams didn't win a raffle to end up in this position. <laughs> So they might not be as good as Team X. Or as known. As known as Team X, but they're capable of winning games, <laughs> which is exactly why they're there. So there is disappointment because the team always enters as a favourite, but the favourite doesn't always win, which is why we watch football. Or am I like, but this just feels really obvious to me. But then still there's tons of people like, oh, you would say that because you're a city guy. It's the same as like Keep the cash it. argument. Keep saying it's it. like, oh, you would, uh, I would do that because I was getting paid so much. It's like, ugh. Our sponsors are Betsy Six Five. And our sponsors do, you know, get awfully excited about the 10-year anniversary. And their question, how did you feel being at the Etihad as an opposition player when City won the first Premier League? I think anybody who knows you knows how you felt. QPR, super hoops, let's stay up. One of the things I know about that day is that you were really pissed off with yourself. Mm. And it links back to your ball boy days. Mm. Because late in the game, with the, the need for, I think, Bolton to do well in their other games at Bolton. No, Bolton, Bolton, we needed Stoke to beat Stoke Bolton. Stoke to beat Bolton. Stoke yeah. were losing for a chunk of the game. Yeah. Last, last you know they're losing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to choose not to talk about uh, Joy Barton now, although in kicking back, I, I was reading the, the chapter about the game, and I thought, Joy Barton? Ah, oh, there's a chapter coming. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty it's pungent. Always coming, it's always it's, coming, yeah. it's, you know, it's a tough read. Um, but it's that, the thing with, with Joey Barton like I played many years with him like some of the stuff he did on the field I appreciate because he was a good player but there was tons of stuff off the field which just didn't sit with me at all and it's an enigma that he's gone on to at the moment at least be a successful coach his team it's, just before we spoke won 7-0 to go exactly. off exactly that's, 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 that's probably the highlight of his managerial career and that's an incredible achievement but the reality of the situation is I think he needed to change based on what he was because he had an idea of what was right as a player and he'd stick with it 100% and disregard the other players that were around him and now mm. as a manager he needs to get everybody to buy into it's a good the, change it's a good you know change I mean? so the thing that I wanted to know about the day that I, I don't know how, how many times you've been asked about is like describe the process of the throw-in okay. and why you were why you were pissed off and, and what you would do now and why football tells you because you were angry about being naive and I'll let you describe it we all know that that was City and you stayed up and beer and champagne I don't think there's an awful lot discussed about the actual goal yeah and the movement and the finish yeah because it's we now all got a celebration and there's Mancini and Martin Tyler's commentary on that. but the actual the goal itself is, is pretty phenomenal it's, it's, yeah, in my Sergio. book That's, the, the goal itself is Sergio right. right as you know the throw in okay so 
interestingly, I learned something new this week about said throwing. Okay, <laughs> so I'm playing right back in this game, um, as we all know, in ninety fourth minute, basically. And because I always that was my first time back there, I'd never experienced being in that stadium and people not rooting for me. Mm. And to be in a game and to be getting jeered, all that stuff was really weird. Like at I never forget at half time, um, the City fans were singing for Martin Petrov because mm-hmm. he was playing at Bolton at the time. Bolton were winning, so this QPR were going down. Mm-hmm. So I almost took that personally, hearing City fans sing for somebody else. Mm. But for that throw, and it's 2 2. I just essentially lost Jekyll for the header uh, to make it 2 2. To make it 2 2, by the way. You're already pitched off. Yeah, I've like, I'm, I'm worried now. Because as a player, you know when something's your fault, and I knew that goal was my fault. He's putting a big jump. Yeah, he's putting a big jump, what, and he was fresher as well because he didn't start the game. Substitutions, you see. But so what should you have done if you if you're not just, jumping, lean, and just nudge. I maybe could have tried to nudge him more, yeah. or just not felt cramping both cars and figured it out. <laughs> you know, it's the little things. But it's interesting. I was at the club from ten through to twenty-five, and there's one picture of me in the whole arena, and it's when Zeko scoring a header against me. Thanks, lads. Yeah, thank thank you very much for that. But anyway, it's two-two. Sean Wright Phillips just taking the ball down the right wing for Q. PRs want to throw in and I'm like walking over but because I'm an ex-City player and because I'm a City fan and I like I'm trying to be respectful so I enter a little canter to go and get the ball because if you're playing against anybody else now nobody takes that throw in the ball's just out of play till the end of time like that's just what it is but I'm like I've got to be respectful so I canter over but what I learned this week somebody asked me when did you know the QPR was safe and I say what was after City scored they show me a video from the opposite stand and as I've got the ball in my hands the QPR bench starts celebrating five yards to the side of me and I didn't notice this because if I did I would have started celebrating with them yeah, and yeah. the throwing might never have come yeah, in been taken, yeah. and I thought because I thought why do people always say like it's corrupt and we knew and we gave up but like I say I've got the ball in my hand and I'm just about to throw it down the line and they're all going bonkers but anyway, I had to throw it. Even subliminally, you've no, no idea. No idea. Like, it seems ridiculous because they're five yards away. If somebody came from that bench and yeah. ran over to me yeah. and said we were up, you'd have clocked. I'd have clocked it straight away. Yeah, yeah. But none of that happened. So I took the throw and I asked Jay Buffer to go down the line and I missed him. So they had the ball. And now I'm sprinting back. I've seen the video. I'm panicking. I'm sprinting back. Because again, you know when something's going to be your fault if it goes wrong. And at this point, you know, it's 2 2 with staying up. It's the last minute of the game. Well, to fair, you say it's the last minute. The downside of stoppage time is you never know how long's gone. As a player, like I hated that feeling. Always having to ask the referee, please ref, how long left now? So they're coming forward and I'm running back. And at no point do I can I get involved in trying to stop the attack. But I think Nigel Dion plays a ball, then it goes from Sergio to um, Mario. Mario gets a touch, Sergio takes that little touch to separate himself. And then lo and behold, Sergio smashes it into the corner. But here's a little bit for you. I don't think I'm not sure if this is in the book. I thought this was my fault. We're relegated. There was this loud noise of everybody celebrating. I'm distraught. And a second later, I see that QPR bench is celebrating. Our fans are celebrating. QPR fans are karma. But all that happened. The game finished. Congratulated people. Pitch invasion. Went to the dressing room. Relief. Hugs. All that stuff. Went home. Then I didn't watch football for like two days. Didn't post Sky Sports news or anything like that. I didn't know who scored that winning goal for Man City. I was five yards away from it. I didn't know who did it. Until you're eating an inhuman portion of food yeah. two days. Which yeah, exactly. This isn't kicking Yeah, I'd, I'd literally want to buy had two book. days worth of binging, yeah. But I literally didn't know. And it seems insane because everyone's like, oh, how do you remember the Aguero thing? I'm like, well, firstly, I was on the field, so Martin Tyler wasn't in my earshot <laughs> Aguero. 
But then also, like, the shock and the sickness I felt because I thought I'd relegated my team at my old stadium. Yeah. None the wiser as to what just happened. I'm, I'm going to, like, I think I'm just out of distance of a right hook. I'm going to blame... That's what it feels like. That's probably what it feels like when but, somebody gets knocked out in a boxing fight and then they wake up and they have to do an interview afterwards. I was like, oh, yeah, it was... Um, Brent's yeah, tweeting around yeah. that. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I'm going to blame Dr. and Mr. Onua for, for the throwing. In what sense? Because <laughs> I was trying to be respectful. Do you know, you're probably right. You're probably right. I've, there are tons of people, uh, people seen the book as well, who I like, really dislike. But I never made anything hard for any of those people because I was trying to be respectful. I was trying to take the high road and all that stuff. And in every moment, I was trying to be respectful because who I am means everything to me. So to be perceived in any other sort of way is frustrating, even if it comes at my own cost. I think people will sense that through the book. And in this chat, we haven't made a big deal of it, but I'm hoping that either through listening to the podcast or reading Kicking Back, they're going to get a picture of what I'm talking about because I've read, I didn't know yeah. before I read your book. Yeah. But there were strong disciplinarian rules. Yeah. There was strong yeah. consequence and action. Yeah. Relation. It took, for my taste, to multiply your family by a million and yeah. Britain's a better place. Yeah, they're all good. You are idiots yeah. who made better decisions. Please, God, if, if, if he's guiding you now, let there be many more well, like them, but they, they didn't do you a favour with the throwing. No, think. they didn't. No, I'm obviously biased and my family setup was very good. But, yeah, this, I, could have, I literally could have just been the biggest egg on planet Earth and just refused to go over. But I just didn't. I just didn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And in fairness, because of the way it finished, the only people who were angry at me for doing it would be United fans. Mm-hmm. Everyone, nobody else cares. Well, if you see the celebration... And you go over to join them, and the throwing doesn't get taken. United are champions. So. Exactly, yeah. So in hindsight, you get yeah. what you earn. Yeah, it was exactly. City's day. Before the rest of this big interview, I'd like to tell you that our entire archive of audio and video content is now on our new YouTube channel. We've begun filming all of our interviews, and there are already loads of clips with guests, including Rio Ferdinand, Connor Cody, Brendan Rogers, and Jamie Carragher, plus full interviews for you to watch and to share. Please do share with friends. Go to YouTube and search Graham Hunter, or click on the link in the show notes to this episode and become a subscriber. I honestly think you'll enjoy it. Thanks. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We've got socios who've supported us all our, our, all our existence, and they're people who are like their members, like season ticket holders. Daniel Dowie is one. Afternoon, Graham and Needham. He's been a breath of fresh air as a pundit on TV, just like you guys on La Liga television. He seems to do a fair bit of research, I think a lot of research, which is very appreciated as a viewer. Not sure what my question can be, so let's go with I once saw him speaking at Madrid on Sky Sports News at the start of the season. The research was brilliant. 
What is his research plan when speaking about a team that isn't from these aisles? And Merrin Myrtle is much shorter. Merrin Myrtle says, I feel exactly the same way. No question, just huge appreciation. Please pat, pass that on to Chinedum from us. Yeah. Daniel's point is, how do you approach your research? Why was it brilliant in the case that he's talking about? So with these shows, like I never knew myself how a show was structured. Obviously for yourself, you've been doing it for a very long time. But to see that it's like a big production, there's a rehearsal, there's a plan, it's almost like a West End show as such. And you kind of, you don't necessarily have lines, but you shouldn't be caught out in terms of not knowing what to talk about. I've discovered not every pundit is the same. <laughs> but I don't like... If I don't know something, I'll say I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I can't be on TV and say I don't know. I can't be on radio and say I don't know. Over certain topics. Like if somebody's... You can't do it repeatedly. If, if, this, if this show is about Real Madrid, yeah. I can't arrive and say I know nothing about Real Madrid. <laughs> okay. You're and a minority. I can, and I can, I can say words like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, as a, as a football team, you know, you want to start on the front foot Madrid's history, blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, you yeah. can do that and get away with it's it. It gets a lot of people away with it. Exactly, careers. yeah. But, do you, like, I'm there to provide insight. Good. So I will do my research. I will watch the games. I'll try and figure out who the players are and come from it from a perspective where it's not just about an individual. You know, we're not just going to talk about Benzema scoring all those goals. Like, what makes Real Madrid the way Good. that they are? Yeah. As you watch the matches... He does a nice bit of link up here. How did he rotate? What did he do at the back? Like, what's the significance of Courtois? And I think some of that comes from feeling that myself and probably 80% of footballers are sort of spoken about a lot less than they should be because there's a, like, people can't be successful without the team. Mm-hmm. But overall, you only really hear conversations about stars. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know the team, You've got to pay attention. Mm. So when you pay attention, that's you doing your research. Instead of just seeing, oh, let's see the highlights. Ooh, Salah's done it again. Like the concept, to go, to go back again to a time, like I didn't believe, like football ratings and stuff frustrate me a bit. Because for some of the people who deliver the ratings, if they like somebody, they start at a seven sure. when the ball's kicked off. Sure. And if they play well, they become an eight. If they play bad, they become a six. Mm. People they don't know about start at a five. And if they score a goal from the halfway line, they hit a six, you know. But I, think, I always thought that was unfair. Do you know you're the only player that ever cared about player ratings? But only Not. The start. Yeah. There is no the subject of any that description. Was only at the start. There's my witness that, was that only any the journalist start. has ever had more shit from photos about. But it's what right do you mean a four? But it, what but you mean it's a right four? That's, that's one of the points where the disconnect between being up in the stands and being up in the field yeah. really separates. Yeah. Because as a player, you know what you're supposed to do and you know what represents yeah. a good game for you and the team. Things have changed more now because players can have a platform. But journalists, media people, pundits, broadcasters, they have a platform and they can have a talking point. Like, so many people across the years now hate Paul Pogba. And you wonder why do they hate Paul Pogba? Is it because they've watched him for the last two, three years and hate how he plays? Or have they listened to people talk about how they don't like how he plays and as a consequence, they roll into the next game saying that? Probably the latter, isn't it? Exactly. But the people who are saying that also don't like Paul Pogba. So if you do something good, it won't get mentioned. If you do something bad, it always will. Kicking back and kick back the Needham, why are those titles for the podcast in the book? Um, Is it a play on words? Cause yeah, you can, it's double You can kick yeah. back and relax. And yeah, you can, yeah you, can, you can leave a bit on someone as well, yeah. Kick back, in fact, it's probably got three minutes. So if you're younger, kick back's just like a, it's like a place you go to after a party. It's almost like a house gathering or whatever. And that's my sort of, that's my sort of speed. Then it's kick back and just you know, relax with something. And then for kicking back, again, you can have it as the relaxing and listening and reading, 
or it's the fact that I'm actually pushing back now and finally being able to deliver the stories and opinions that I've had for all these years because it cuts all these very, very close to my chest. But it's not because nothing's happened. A ton has happened. And now here it is. And I'm kicking back. And now you're going to be able to see it and make up your own decisions about key times because being at City through that spell was key. Being who I was in Manchester's key. Being at QPR through those years. Leader there. Yeah. And then even, say, being in the USA for those times, like... I said very little because I'm so private, mm. but here it is. Mm. I'm finally doing that. Yeah. The last thing I want to say then, and it's because I, I think we owe you it, and and, and we haven't asked, and we haven't asked it. When you read the book, the book's got a lot of detail in it, mm. and clearly, anybody who likes this podcast or your podcast likes football. Yeah. It happens to be that we three and the majority of people I know that tune into us, we've had 23 million listens so far. They love football. Mm. It doesn't just interest them. They love to hear articulate people in their earphones, in their head, just expounding yeah. or chewing back and forward. I can be blunt and say that if you read the book, it's like harrowing. Mm. But you've met a lot of people who are yeah. either not very talented, not very bright. We haven't got time probably because you're dating back. There's a really funny thing where you talk about your ability to read the game early in the book. And then there's the, there's the chapter where Ian Holloway is trying to explain. Yeah, that was brilliant. Shape with the ball, shape with yeah. the ball. It was two different sheets. Yeah, I like Ian Holloway, looking back, he was brilliant. He's like a really nice guy, effervescent. Very you know funny. I mean? Really bouncy. And I'll never forget sitting down and he said, right, we're going to play. Just had two different formations. I was like, is this first half team, second half thing? <laughs> but that's how... That's how quirky it was. And it worked. It yeah. really worked. This was like before Pep was it really playing the inverted fullback and stuff. Yeah. Like I thought, yeah. oh, this is good. But then sometimes it depends on the players because there was also the thing which he tried to do in preseason. I think I mentioned in the book where, like, okay, so we always want three people up top to keep four people back. This is what never four people, never two, always three. And for a month straight, we were watching back at video and it was always four. Oh, there was two. And the, the analogy he had, is like, oh, I've got this brand new swimming pool. It's like, really excited. Everything's great. I've got this pool. Really happy about it. I've put the water in. And then I've gone to bed, woken up, and it's empty again. And that's what it felt like every day in training. You, honestly, you read, like, you read that passage, but you really feel for the poor guy. He, just, he, had, he, had some, he had some, subtly, he had some really good ideas. The, 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 the diagonal ball yeah. um, to, in the knowledge that your winger's too small. It's for him to lose. Stick a ball. Yeah, it's for, diagonal for him to lose, and the wingers are like, why am I going for this diagonal ball? What's the point? <laughs> just throw yourself into somebody. That is it. But it's, there's so many, I've been so lucky. I've played, I've played under so many managers, so many different characters, and so many like ups and downs and ebb and flow moments from personal things to like team things. It's, it's brilliant. But just so I can prove my point to get out here to let you away back today, so many, you know, the, the, the bits about Cook, the bits about Marwood, the yeah. bits about Pierce, parts of the Harry Redknapp experience, and there are more. Yeah. Joy Barnett. You've, you've had to put up with some shit in your life. Yeah, there has been, yeah. I, I, Overall, if it's been worth it, then, then potentially being a, a talented athlete, for example, yeah. or you know maybe following what your parents had in mind and becoming a, a lawyer or a teacher or a scientist or whatever, has it been worth it, yeah. a life in football? And if so, why? I would say it has been worth it. Not every part of the journey has been perfect. As you said there, there have been, been some bad times. But it's kind of aligned me to a point where in the last two, three years of my career, 
I was more outspoken. I would call things out which were wrong, whether it was on the field, off the field. And I stood up for what I really believed in. And I think if I didn't have those experiences when I was younger, maybe I wouldn't have done. But through those experiences, I understand more how football works, all the sort of the makeup of it, the importance of a kit man, the importance of, say, somebody in the canteen, the importance of everything in terms of being successful, figuring out for the players. Because at times I was in a dressing room where I had no voice and nobody was checking on me, when probably a time when I needed them the most. But come the end, I was a leader mm. and I was checking on everybody mm. and they could rely on me. Okay. And with that, they could play better because they knew I had their back. So all those situations which were negative, I think it's made me who I am today and I think I'm a good person today. And I think my approach to things, I still believe in the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not standing for nonsense. <laughs> and as a consequence... I think I'm better equipped to be able to talk about that and sort of say, this is right, this is wrong. And, uh, yeah, if people have got an issue with it, prove me wrong. If you didn't believe in benefit of the doubt, you probably would have been sitting across the table from an idiot like me. No, no, no. Listen, you're an icon. Listen, I've been watching you, watching you for decades we now. Need, yeah. We need icon. to find better things to do with your life in that case. And <laughs> that, that last little bit about being a better person and, and um, in terms of choices made laterally in your career, but standing up for people and standing up for what you believe, it makes true the first name that your parents gave you. Yeah, so, yeah. and Chinatum. What a pleasure. Thank you very much. Really well explained. Absolutely. Life well spent. Thank you. People, it's called Kicking Back, and the podcast is Kicked Back with Janaira Manua. Buy it, listen to it. You'll enjoy it, I promise. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true, Graham Hunter, and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson.